For the first 15 years that we were here and had our baccalaureate service, I did not honor it the way it should have been honored. We went through the motions. We did all the steps just right, I think. We had the graduates come in in their cap and gown. We interviewed them like we're going to do in a few minutes. I said some personal words about each of them, as I will do. But what I did not tend to in the first 15 years was what it felt like as a parent to launch them out into the world and just say, good luck. I hope you remember everything we taught you. And then 15, and then in the eight years ago, our first son graduated, and then I understood in the pit of my stomach how awful today is. <laughs> I will never, ever forget, we were at some party. I just told this story this morning, so it's why it's fresh on my mind. We were at some party, and Linda Hefner was there, and her son Rob was graduating couple of years ahead of our children and I made a kind of teasing flippant remark her face just it was like you have just poured salt into the wound of my soul and I could see it in her face and I kind of laughed it off and we went on and she, I don't think she I don't even sure she remembers it but I do remember her face and then a few years later I had the experience so I know what y'all are feeling out there. I feel it deep with you because what else has happened is in the length of time being here, I've, I have watched these people from itty bitties, three of them. And one of them I've gotten to know who moved across the country. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But watching these people grow up, um, it makes today feel different to me, a little more like a mama bear. So I think Paul was writing to this church in Corinth with deep love for them, which is what we all feel for you all, deep love for you. And he has some kind of parting words advice to this church in Corinth. And here's the ending of what he has to say. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You've heard the ancient story. In our 22nd year preaching from this pulpit, Amy and I are now in our third cycle of the three-year lectionary. We've been through this cycle seven full times. We're starting on our eighth. You would think that it would get old by now. Some folks are critical of preachers who use the lectionary. Somebody else who years ago put this cycle together and prescribed what text you would preach on what Sunday. We continue to be amazed at the contemporaneity, how appropriate for each day the text of the lectionary are. 
The text that Amy read to you was chosen by the lectionary committee 60 years ago. It couldn't be more appropriate for today, especially for our graduates, but maybe the rest of you can get something out of it as well. So I invite you all to listen as we work through this text for today. I cannot tell you how much it means to Amy and Dan and me to look out on this congregation on any particular Sunday and find one of our college students sitting here. Anna Gant or Caroline Palmer, TC or Maddie Counts, they didn't forget us after all. I want to begin today by telling our four graduates, Liam and Emily, Riley and Isabel, that there is always a place for you right here. When you come home on the weekend, and let me just risk sounding a little bit like a preacher to say, this is where you need to be on Sunday mornings when you come home on the weekends. Do not forget us. But for today, let me offer you a final word to you from the church that helped raise you and from this extended family who loves you. Let me say, finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Oh, that word, farewell, what a word. It is a smiley-faced, frowny-faced, wide-eyed, teary-eyed, laughy, cry-y emoji all wrapped up into one. Today, we celebrate with you, we celebrate you, but we're also sad to see you go. So I want to tell you today to go easy on your moms and dads. Do not roll your eyes at them when they drop you off in college and leave in a puddle of tears. You will understand their emotions one day. Go easy on them. Farewell is always a word with mixed meaning. 2 Corinthians 13, this farewell message from Paul to his church in ancient Corinth is one of today's lectionary texts, and it is the perfect word for a baccalaureate service. I want to just break it down for you. Maybe these are four words you can keep with you as you go. The first word farewell. It's a word of blessing and hope and challenge. We hope and pray you fare well. So there's a movement implied in this word, this closing word, this valediction, this word of sending out implies that you are about to embark on a journey. We hope it will be a journey for you. As you go, may the road be interesting and fulfilling but not necessarily always smooth. This word is a word both of goodbye and of blessing. Farewell and fare well on the journey. Number two, Paul says, put things in order. And what a great word for you today. When a life is coming to an end, the doctor sometimes will say to the patient and the family, you need to get your affairs in order. But Stephen Covey says we don't need to wait until the end for that. Beginning with the end in mind is one of the seven habits of highly effective people. How do you want to be known? What do you want people to think about you, to say about you? You need, to end, you, you need the end in mind right now. Now is the time to set your priorities as a friend of mine likes to say, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. You just got to know what the main thing is. Set some priorities. As you get ready to leave, to embark on this new adventure, now is the time. Because if you do not prioritize your own life, 
Someone else will. I can promise you that. It will just happen for you. The four of you are going off to school, so studying ought to be a priority. Do I need to tell you that? Have fun, yes, but you are going away to get an education. Establish that priority from the first day. I reminded both of our sons that you pretty much will set your college GPA the very first semester. If you party all fall, it's pretty hard to make up a 1.0 GPA in the, in the next three years. Start well, end well, put things in order. Now up to this point in your life, someone else has mostly set your priorities for you. But when you leave home, you will be completely on your own. That's a little frightening. It will be up to you to put things in order. Your study ethic, your moral priorities, and that will include your sexual practices and your social life. Your financial decisions will quickly become your own. I will remind you again of my grandfather's philosophy that has served Amy and me so well for all of our years together. Tithe 10%, save 10%, spend the rest with joy and thanksgiving. As you begin taking charge of your own money, you will need to put things in order. Set some priorities for giving and saving and spending. Put things in order. Number three, Paul says, listen to my appeal, and we need to hear this appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. Now, Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth, a church that had had its share of disagreements, but his appeal is one we need to hear today in the church, in the nation, across the world. We live in a disagreeable time, and our disagreements have wrecked our sanity. They literally threaten our future. Will democracy survive? Will this nation, will the Christian church survive this disagreeable time? I believe all of these are realistic questions we need to be asking. We need a new generation of leaders who can live at peace, even with those with whom they disagree. Graduates, we need you. The current generation of leaders is failing us in this regard, and we need you to lead us. Notice how Paul says this. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. He doesn't say, wait on God to show up, and then we will be able to live peacefully. It works the other way around, Paul says. We must take the initiative when we learn to live in harmony and finding peace within ourselves and with one another, we will see the God of love and peace all around us. But it's up to us to take the initiative. Now, I don't know what you need to do to make a commitment to live in peace in your world and within your own spirits. Maybe you need to intentionally choose new friends as you go off, friends of diverse backgrounds, Maybe you need to choose classes that will make you think more broadly. Maybe you need to give up social media. It is increasingly clear how detrimental social media is for our social functioning as a country. People can be so mean, so rude. Live in peace, whatever it takes. I hope you will make a commitment in this next chapter of your life to be part of the solution, not increasingly part of the problem. 
And lastly, Paul says, number four, when you come together, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. Now, these are interesting words, aren't they? A holy kiss? Paul's exhortation assumes, I believe, the gathering of the faithful, a spiritual community. He's not suggesting you just walk down the street kissing every stranger. His encouragement is loaded with an assumption that there is an intimacy to a community of faith. There is something special that draws us together. A sacred ethos fills the air. When you go off to college, your mom and dad are not going to be there to make you go to church. They're not going to require you to be involved in a Bible study on your freshman hall. They're not going to choose the books you read in your spare time or help you designate some quiet time in your weekly calendar. Like everything else about your life from this moment on, if you want some form of spirituality to be a part of your life, you're going to have to choose it for yourself. I hope you will. Amy and Dan and I want that for you. We believe in the beauty of the gathered community of faith. You might even be part of that rare minority of college students who actually choose to let church be part of their college experience. Imagine that. That will be up to you. But we hope you will make your spiritual education just as important a part of your college experience as your college major. And you will find some community of support and love a people you can rightly begin to know as your saints. So there you have it. Farewell. Be on a journey. Put things in order. Set some priorities right now. Live in peace. Take the initiative, and you will find God. And four, greet one another with a holy kiss. Find the community in which you can be faithful. Commencement is an ironic word to use for graduation because graduation is an ending. It's the culmination of long years of hard work. So it's ironic to use this word commencement because the word comes from the French language and means just the opposite. To commence is literally to begin. When they started using the word in graduation ceremonies, it came with its own challenge. In that one word, they were saying, now that you are graduating, begin to be. Now, begin to be. You have our blessing. You go with our best hope. Make us proud. Now that you are graduating, begin to be. So on behalf of this church, I say to you all, our graduates, farewell. Begin to be. May it be so. Amen. Okay, it's interview time. I've got to put my glasses on because I make notes. All right. It's interview time, one of my favorite times. Liam, tell us uh, where you're graduating from, where you're going, and what you plan to do with the rest of your life. <laughs> All right, so I'm graduating from Myers Park, and then next year I'm going to Appalachian State to study... Wow, there's a lot of excitement about that. Good, okay. And then uh, I'm studying construction management. Roll nears. Roll nears. Okay, so you're going to come back and build more condos, more apartments, more everything. Are you coming back to Charlotte? I haven't, I haven't even gotten married yet. Okay, okay. All right. Here's what I'm going to tell you about Liam. 
So Liam was a little kid here. And then, you know I'm going to tell it. Um, their family decided to take a little sabbatical from Park Road Baptist Church. It was a hard and terrible and painful time in my life, personally and pastorally. But we let them go. I mean, what are you going to do? No, you can't leave. But they went. They went to the place where, they, where Matt and Martha had grown up in youth group and where their parents still are, and it all made perfect sense. And I hated it every single day. I rerouted my drive home to not drive by that church because it hurt my heart because <laughs> the Kennys were there. And one day they called and said, we're going to come back. And I said, oh, praise the Lord. Well, literally praise the Lord. What would my life have been like these last few years without Liam Kenny? He is, his smile is unbelievable. He is so dang fun. I just can't tell you, but he's quiet. And you got to watch those quiet ones. I do know that. But he is just so fun. But here's the thing about Liam when he was a little kid. Liam did not like to leave home. Is it true? No. Can I tell? I have to. Okay, good, thanks. Okay, I should ask these things beforehand. But Liam, we went to Camp Prism, the greatest place on earth. And Liam cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. He cried more than Sarah Grace Woolley. And that's a lot. That's a lot. He cried and cried. And I don't think to this day in all of our 30-plus years of ministry we have ever let a child go home for homesickness. But that's how sad he was. And he went home. We let him go home. We've never done that before because you got to tough it out. you got to grow up, you know, love God and be with Jesus. But we let you, we let you go home. And it just occurred to me in thinking about that, how homesick I'm going to be for you. So just know we'll be all out here crying when you leave, and there's not one thing we can do about it, but you can always come home here, okay? All right. Congratulations. Thank you. Russ, tell them about the gift that they're all getting. It's not a surprise. Not a surprise. It's the gift we give every year. It's a copy of our benediction. It has your name on it. So it will say, as you go into the world this day, dear Liam. All right. Um, we love giving this gift, and we love how many times these show up in pictures, maybe especially on Facebook. Sarah Grace Woolley Enos told us this morning that her framed benediction is the first thing you see when you walk into her house still. We'll see some pictures from college dorms every once in a while. Um, and the benediction is there. And so, you know, you can put this up in your college dorm, and uh, especially if you take a picture and send to Amy, you make, sh make sure that the benediction <laughs> is in the picture, okay? So, Liam, congratulations. We're happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, move down just a little bit. Riley. Oh, Riley. Riley's been coming here for a long time, since he was a little kid. And uh, with his grandmother, Virginia, that he calls mom, and he is, oh, I'm supposed to interview you. I'm sorry. Where are you graduating from and what are you doing? Yeah, I'll, take, I'll be taking this. Okay. Okay, <laughs> okay so um, I'm graduating from Myers Park, um, and I'm going to UNCC to study physics. 
Um, I do know what I'm going to do with my life, actually. Um, so basically, after I graduate, um, I'm going to get a bachelor's in physics, and then I'm going to further pursue a master's in astrophysics. And I'm going to use that to uh, research certain things related to our solar system and how to fix those problems. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I have no doubt all of that is going to happen. I really have no doubt about that. If you're worried about the problems with the stars, have no fear. Riley is here. Yes, right. So here's the story I'm going to tell about Riley. I don't, I don't even know if I've told it publicly or not, but it's worth it if you've heard it before. So Riley, as a little kid, he could not be still. He just couldn't. He could not be still. And he was just kind of all over the place. And back in the day, he and his grandmother, Virginia, sat here on the front row. And I was preaching one Sunday on uh, Triumphal Entry Sunday. And I preached on, I don't remember many of my sermons, but I do remember this one that says that um, Jesus rode into town on an unridden colt. Well, the un, I mean, an unridden colt would have been a bucking bronco. And it would, we picture this triumphal entry as a peaceful ride into Jerusalem. It would have been a chaotic mess. And I preached about that. And after worship service, Buck and Betty Blankenship were sitting about three rows behind them. And Buck came out and said, we had an unridden colt on the first row. And that was Riley Haskin. So, Riley, you have been a mess the whole time we've known you. But I'm just constantly amazed at how bright you are and how um, dedicated you are and how decided you are. And you are one of the most self-aware people I have learned in teaching Sunday school Riley is completely aware of who he is, and he is so comfortable with who he is. He does not have to be like everybody else, and isn't that beautiful? I think it's great. Congratulations, and good luck. May the Lord bless you and keep you, Riley. God bless you. Oh, Lord. Where, where are you going? Tell us what you've done and where you're going. Okay, I'm going to Meredith College. I just I'm going to graduate from Providence High School, and I'm going to be studying theater and double majoring in either English or mass communications. And what do you want to do for the rest with the rest of your life? I do not know. That's perfectly fine. Okay, it's a good combination. Oh, Emily, she is the one that if the church doors have been open, they have been here. Possibly sometimes because parents make them. But Emily's one that I don't think that's the case. Because Reese, not so long ago, her family decided, oh, we just we got to let something go, and they let Wednesday night go. Emily still comes sometimes on her own. I like coming without my family, she says sometimes. <laughs> she has said that. You did. Yeah. Okay. But... She is, every time the doors are open, she's here, whether it's with music or any number of things. But where you will most often find Emily is hanging out with the adults. Emily is an old soul. 
and I mean that as the best compliment, an old soul that she would rather be talking to the adults than hanging out and doing stupid stuff that youth do, <laughs> though she can do that too. Um, Emily is full of emotions. Is it true? Yes. Uh, we can't make it through a whole trip without tears, pretty much. Don't you agree? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell the truth. But what's great about that is that's how big she feels. That's how much she feels. And that's just who she is. And I just think you should embrace those tears and let them flow. We've got two more trips. I hope there's crying every time. <laughs> It won't be a good trip if we haven't cried about it. But let me also say, she can laugh. She can laugh and laugh and laugh. But here's a wonderful gift that she gives. Um, and I'll just, I'll name Sandra Richardson in this. Um, Sandra's a senior adult who can no longer come to church. And Emily has given countless hours to Sandra. And that's just kind of who she is. Now, Sandra, I think, has given a lot to Emily, teaching her to sew and craft. But Emily listens to her with a patience that nobody else has. And that is a gift. And I am grateful for all your tears and all your laughter. And I look forward to a little bit more before you leave. Congratulations. May God give you grace this day, Emily. Okay, Hello. Isabel, where did you graduate, are you graduating from and where are you going and what are you doing with the rest of your life? <laughs> um, I'm graduating from Northwest School of the Arts um, and I'm going to Agnes Scott College next year to study um, creative writing with a minor in film and music. And for the rest of my life, I, I wanna keep trying to pursue music just because it's what I find fun. Um, but I also, um, if that doesn't end up working out, I, I think I would really enjoy like being like an editor for like major like publications and stuff like that. Nice, congratulations. Isabel, I've not known since she was itty bitty, but I've been on plenty of uh, trips with her and had time with her. It occurred to me that with all of these seniors, do you all realize how much of their high school experience they missed because of the pandemic? So much of it altered everything about their high school experience. Well, now add moving across the country just shortly before the pandemic starts. You move to a place and you're trying to establish yourself and then everything shuts down. That's Isabel's story and the Terry's story. And I was even surprised looking back through my photos as I was putting together a slideshow for tonight, how many pictures I have of you, how many pictures yeah. I have of us. They weren't from when you were five and eight, but they were from the present moment mm -hmm. that you live in so fully with all of your many, many feelings. Yes, this is very true. This girl has feelings. And uh, where you probably have seen her and known her the most is through her music. And she has a way of singing um, so effortlessly and from a deep place within her soul. And I enjoy following her on when she posts, which she has not done enough of recently, of the music that she sings and the places that she sings it. And it's just so beautiful. The other place you may have seen her is sitting at the back 
uh, running the live stream. She did that for a long time as we were trying to learn how to use it. She was so far ahead of us. And she scared me so much because she pushed buttons so fast. And she did not stop and think. And it made me so nervous. And she was just fine with it. And we really, really appreciate it. I wish we had watched you grow up. But I don't need to have watched you grow up to know who you are. A person with lots and lots and lots of deep, deep feelings. So feel them all. And live out your life that God is calling you to live. And know that even though we haven't been your home for very long, we are your home. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. Okay. You all stay here if you'll hand them their bulletins because they have a, a line to read. But a couple of more things I wanted to say about these folks. The first thing I want to say is we are kind of a straight-laced group of people, and we like to be matchy-matchy with our stoles, and we never wear different stoles. But we did it today for y'all for a reason. Dan is wearing a stole that has a descending dove of peace, and it says shalom. And what I hope that you will take from this is that our way is the way of Jesus in this place, and we are confident in that and feel good about that while also at the same time um, having an understanding that there are many avenues to God and an understanding and appreciation for our interfaith work here so Dan represents that we had Russ is wearing a stole that is the clergy tartan of Scotland um, when Joey and Liza got married in Scotland we did their wedding in Scotland and we had these stoles made that of the clergy tartan and because Joey was and still is a part of some of your high school experience and middle school experience that's representing that minister I for the last um, 11 months have been their youth minister and what fun that has been hasn't it <laughs> we have had fun and I am old and tired, and J.D. is coming, but I have had so much fun putting today together for you all because it has been a fun experience. But I'm wearing a stole, uh, June is Pride Month, and I'm wearing a stole for you to always remember that whoever you are, whoever you are, you are welcome in this place, period. Okay? All right. <clears throat> You know how the memories pop up in Facebook? Well, I got a memory this week from 10 years ago. And this is what I wrote. We had just done, we had just had Baccalaureate Sunday that, that day. Keep in mind, these graduates are 28 years old now. So today, as we recognized and honored, honored our high school graduates, I did the math. When, they, when we arrived at Park Road... They were, had just begun kindergarten. So 10 years ago, that graduating class had been kindergartners when we came here, and now they're 28. Yikes. Honestly, where did the time go? And I had that dreaded moment of panic. Did we teach them everything a pastor should teach? Did we tell them about the way of Jesus and the love of God? 
Did we tell them to love their neighbors as themselves? Did we tell them to make the poor a priority? Did we tell them that they are loved and forgiven and to be at peace? Did we tell them that they are each one a beloved child of God? I sure hope so. Did we tell y'all all that? Did you hear it? Are you carrying it with you deep, deep in you? If you are not, I will write it down for you and send it with you because that is the good news.